three, four. Ah, 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 ah. Episode five. Episode five. How <laughs> <laughs> are you doing that, are you? I'm so sorry. It came into <laughs> About 30 seconds before okay. we went live. No, so. no, I mean, I enjoyed oh, it. I'd I'm be sorry, if I I'm didn't sorry. I enjoyed it. Offstage Podcasts, I'm Rory Jakeman. I'm Spencer Tiny. And uh, we're here to uh, hopefully, you know, a bit of light into your day. Theatrical light. Theatrical light. Straight well, we interview hall. an array of people from theatre, and this week. In episode five, we episode have five. Laura Linstead. Laura Linstead, yeah, wardrobe mistress, Laura Linstead. Who, uh, who she'll tell you all about herself soon, but uh, is very experienced and and very lovely. So, um, yeah, we thank her for her time. Brilliant. So, on a week where we're talking uh, to someone from wardrobe, mm-hmm. I thought that maybe we could talk about the array of costumes that we've worn. <laughs> In various shows, because I know that we, as we both worked on uh, the show Shakespeare in Love, yeah. uh, we've uh, we've won quite a fetching number, yes. really, actually, there. What were we wearing on that show, Rory? <laughs> well, Shakespeare in Love was uh, Elizabethan regalia. Um, I was uh, in the sort of... sort of. Um, well, first of all, the two ASMs had over-the-knee sort of shorts. Um, yes. And then like lo- a, and then socks, a pantaloon but, type. Yes, thing. absolutely. But I, I, I was a bit later coming in, so I was given these really like, f- like frilly, oh, frilly lovely. short shorts. Uh, but then who likes short shorts? I like short shorts. <laughs> but then the socks can come up to hiding my knee, so I was oh, in tights. Beautiful for eight months. Yeah, um, lovely. And a jacket and a lovely. How was that on hat. a hot day? Oh, it made me it made me thankful for my choice <laughs> of a life in theatre. Yes, indeed. Um, but oh, I'd I'd fun in that costume. You know, oh yeah. We were we were fairly you know naughty and we would appear in scenes. Don't know and what you're talking about. I don't know. No, well, I mean, uh, meaning of the word. <laughs> there was one moment when um, one moment. There were several moments where I'd appear in the bar and. Uh, there was one one day when Ben Ben Delphont, the stage manager, said, um, "Rory, you know the producers are in tonight." <laughs> and I went, "Pump." Uh, what? And I was thinking, "Oh my god, that's my career done." I've only just, <laughs> I've just been on stage. <laughs> I've only just begun in theatre. That's me over. So I was there was a drinks at Coa Bar, and I was walking down the steps, and I saw one of the producers, and uh, she said. Hello, Rory. I uh, I saw you in the bar scene. And I, mm, did you? <laughs> you were very good. And oh. she walked off, and there was the biggest sigh of relief. Good review. <gasps> oh gosh. Um, Incredible. She, yeah, that was that was that was a lovely costume. And then uh, steel toe cap boots to uh, round off. Oh well, that's the outfit. That, that is what they would wear in uh, Shakespearean times. <laughs> yeah, very so, period. Yeah, yeah. absolutely period <laughs> costume. Uh, obviously, and you you wore similar. Yes, I mean I was in all that garb as Wonderful. well. Wonderful. Uh, we, we, yeah, that was a, a good um, squad photo we had at the end. Yeah, with all the really costumes. good one. Have you had other shows that you've been I have. part of? I was uh, in singing in singing in the rain, and yeah. we uh, we were in um, what they're called. Oh, dungarees. Dun- yeah. Um, so you did that whole interval change. Yes. Is that the whole when? Because I remember watching it and so, seeing everyone in your in your costumes. Drawing the stage. See, on most shows, you think, oh, 
thank goodness we've got to the end of Act One. <laughs> now, now we can go downstairs and yeah. have a cup of tea. Yeah, absolutely. Well, on that particular one, it was uh, yeah, we finished Act One, straight on stage, mop up, squeegee, mop up, uh, get the stage dry again, to then do Act Two. So oh, there was wonderful. no cup of tea for that one. But uh, in our dungarees and our and and then later when it was in uh, the West End we were in little waistcoats. Yes, which were. Did you have a little nice flat cap flat as caps, well? Yeah, I remember. I um, did you? Uh, how often did you get a round of applause from the audience? Occasionally. Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah I was in one of the audience where, like, I think I started off because I saw familiar faces, and like the whole of the stalls were like, "Yes, well, well mopped, everyone, yeah. well mopped." That is some A-class <laughs> mopping. <laughs> Um, yeah, we no, were we can tell you're a Midlands, class. Too, right, absolutely. Class. Class, class, class. Unbelievable. Uh, but yeah, we did that. Um, oh, and another one that uh, where I was in costume um, was, uh, it was a show at the Chocolate Factory in London Bridge. Uh, it was called Smash. Okay. And, uh, and in that show, uh, we had a few scene changes to do. Uh, we went out in front of uh, the audience, obviously, um, and uh, on this particular one, uh, the designer had chosen that we wore uh, like dress trousers, mm-hmm. so like, like as if we we worked in a hotel. Yeah, that was partly where it was set. Um, so he'd chosen these uh, particularly tight dress trousers for us, <laughs> and we'd gone on for the first show in front of an audience. Um, the first cue that we had to do oh, no. was um, we had to pick up uh, Ollie, Ollie and I, uh, a friend of mine stage manager Ollie and I uh, had to go on pick up this quite large bonquet kind of couch sure. thing um, and as we bent down I can remember it to this day <laughs> we bent down to pick it up and in unison oh, no. our trousers split <laughs> like because I, I remember I remember as well the moment where I realised my trousers had split <laughs> I looked straight across at him and could see in his eyes oh, that his trousers had split fantastic. as well. I think I don't think that I don't think there was anyone in that auditorium that didn't see either see or hear his it. or my pants. Oh my word! Um, yeah, and then we just shuffled off stage as quick as possible because, well, you know, dying with embarrassment and laughter yeah. as well. I had one on uh, another show I had costume on was uh, Sound of Music. It was my first one out of drama school, oh, nice. and so I was a waiter in the. Um, the sort of earlier scenes, you know, fairly like smart and you know looked looked quite nice. Um, up until I up until the Von Traps were singing, um, and then I was dressed as a Nazi. Oh yes, of so course. I had a. <laughs> of course you were. <laughs> <laughs> so, in my plot, I had a quick change to make uh, myself into a Nazi cost uh, into a Nazi soldier. Oh god. Um, weirdly, I felt. Quite good in it. I like. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I gotta say, Nazis you know, against everything I stand for, utterly abhorrent, etc., etc. But their clothes were nice. But uh, he was originally designed by Hugo Boss. It was, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, that's right. So I started standing up straight. I was like, you know, uh, the hat was there. I looked. Uh, I say I looked menacing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you felt menacing. Uh, so I was, you know, I was. Clean shaven at that point. I said clean shaven. I couldn't grow a beard at that point. Yeah. So um, and you know I was probably talking a bit more like this. Uh, but I was holding a rifle, and the the moment when this, they all leave, then the soldier comes on and shouts, "They're gone!" And so I turned, and obviously with Regent's open air theatre, there's no roof. Oh, right. 
started raining. Started raining. I slip over. Amazing. My rifle goes into like someone's foot. Oh God! I'm picking myself up. My hat's askew. I'm running around. I've got a torch and feeling embarrassment. You know, just running, running over my face. And then I run onto stage, another one slips, you know, two feet off the ground. Oh, amazing. Bang. I mean, the Benny Hill thing. Just turned into happening. a farce. It was, it, like, the producers. Yeah. It was, yeah. I think this was probably funnier than the producers. It was the play hilarious. that went wrong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we did it way we before did it those way guys. Again. Oh, anyway, anyway brilliant. come on, let's get to it then. Yes, yeah, so let's talk to someone who actually knows about wardrobe. I think so. Here is Laurel instead. Here we go. So it must be, for so it is written on the doorway to paradise that those who falter and those who fall must pay the price. So it's off. If you can imagine, currently we're sitting in a cupboard with an array of costumes and shoes and cramped in with me and Spence. Oh, it's like a it's like a little cave in here. <laughs> the Cave of Wonders. The cave of Wonders. Oh, oh lovely. Pretty. Laura, who is head of wardrobe on Aladdin, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule because we're currently between shows on a Thursday and I've grabbed her for half an hour. So Stole Laura, a bit of your lunchtime. We're so sorry. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> So yeah, thank you, thank you so much for coming in and talking to us. Um, so, just first of all, tell us about what shows you've worked on, your career so far, the kind of big shows, small shows, touring shows that you've done. Yeah, of course. Um, well, I toured and I've worked in the West End, and actually, I've been uh, a dresser, a swing, an assistant, a deputy, and a head on tour and in the West End. So the whole works. Pretty good idea of how wardrobe works. But yeah, I've worked on some really big shows, Aladdin being one of them. Um, another big show I work on currently as well is The Lion King, and I've done Les Mis, Miss Saigon, small show Chicago, worked on a little show called Love Story at the Duchess, so I've kind of touched bases all over, really, yeah. Wonderful. Oh, nice. Um, so, so where did it all kind of start for you? What um, Have you always been interested in theatre, or kind of what drew you to want to want, want, to, want to work in theatre? Oh, this is a nice one. Um, basically, my grandma taught me to sew. So from when I was a little kid, I used to sit next to her, and we used to oh, sew nice. together, and it's just really nice. And then, like, she made me costumes. I used to dance, so I quite like dancing on stage. And then um, when I went to do my GCSEs, I took textiles. I really liked it, but I just knew that sixth form wasn't for me. So I went to college, and I did fashion B-Tech for two years. So I kind of got my making skills and things oh, like cool. that from there. And then um, I didn't really know wardrobe existed, if I'm honest. And then somebody mentioned it, and a friend of mine, said just take your CV over to your local big theatre and mine was the Palace Theatre in Manchester which is a brilliant venue mm, yeah. and then um, yeah I left it there and they called me really quickly and they had a huge huge ballet going in so my first show that I actually ever dressed was the English National Ballet's Romeo and Juliet oh wow yeah, so nice. you went straight into into work I, yeah. was, I was really lucky yeah um, and then I just made myself available so um, any show that came up that they need a lot of dresses I worked on and I worked there for probably 18 months on any big shows that came in and dressed lots of people that weirdly I meet in the West End today which is really really knowing them for so long um and then I, uh, the Miss Saigon came in 2007 and they needed a wardrobe assistant and I put myself forward and they took me on tour with them and my first venue was Lisbon, which was really cool. Wow. And then, wow. Um, yeah, I finished that, that tour and 
I need another job. So I sent my CV in and that's how I ended up in the West End. And my first big West End job was the Lion King. So you didn't actually go to drama school. You didn't do that route. No, I didn't. I, oh, okay. I learned how to sew outside. And I think that I learned like the making skills and, and things like that from my BTEC. Um, not that I'm a proper maker. Mm. I can make, but I don't choose to do it very often. Um, and I, yeah, I just built on my skills from there and I've learned a lot of how to do things quickly but precisely because obviously in theatre you want things done quickly. Um, it doesn't have to look perfect, but it needs to look decent and work well. So um, it needs to not up. fall off their shoulders. This when is a really good thing. This is true. <laughs> so yeah, I basically learnt all that, and um, from show to show, I've obviously taken stuff I've learnt from a previous show and built on it, and um, and now I'm ahead of wardrobe. I kind of try and implement. That. Yeah, use that experience. Yeah. Are there things that you've done, uh, like in specific shows, that you felt were turning points for your career? I don't know. I just make myself really available because the more you make yourself available, the more work you get, the more people get to know you, the more you network, and then hopefully you get used again. I've been quite lucky that I've worked on quite a lot of shows, so I guess a turning point would be being really available. I don't right. know. Just, <laughs> no, you know, that's a really good point, actually. Yeah. yeah. That's a big point. Because that, myself as a freelancer, I'm, not, I'm never going to get more work if I'm sort of constantly doing one thing, so yeah. it's always... It's nice to be available to then say yes yeah. to people, isn't it? Especially yeah. new new contacts as well. Yeah, definitely. And you meet loads of new people. It's quite nice. I mean, it's great to work with the same people every day, but you also branch out and meet new people that you'd never meet if you didn't try. So. Yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you miss um, that you didn't do the drama school route? Has that ever occurred to you? Or early in your career, did you ever think, ah, I really wish I went to and you know Guildhall and did the wardrobe course or the you know, costume making at this? I don't think it existed, if I'm okay. honest. Because I, I, I don't know. I, I, when I went to work... In a theatre, I kind of missed that. I didn't really know that bit was there. I just wanted to sew. Mm. So I didn't know about... I didn't. I enjoyed dance and things like that, but I just knew it wasn't for me. And so I didn't really know. It didn't really come, yeah. come into my mind, really. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's, it's quite interesting because um, there's definitely, a, you know, not, not in terms of what the, the end product, but the people who go to drama school and then there's, you know, a big portion of people that don't. But, you're, you know, you're, you're still ending up at the same place you know, which yeah, is getting getting the work. Mm. Yeah, there's different routes for everyone, isn't there? So Yeah. Um, a lot of my department have gone down that route. You know, they've studied and they're brilliant makers. They have skills that I don't have, even though I'm the head of department. Mm. But they actually give me, like, they know things that I learn off them as well, so it's quite nice. So, yeah. so I've learned a little bit, learning off bit each more. Other and yeah, and I think my skills have come from working on so many shows and so many different people that I've kind of picked up what I do and don't like maybe and, and try to put it all into one department and I mean hopefully they like working for me <laughs> <laughs> I've heard otherwise oh, sure oh, Rory. <laughs> can we talk about your role as a head of department so how does someone approach you and say uh, you've got the job is this you know is this from contacts that you've made yeah well for this show that I'm working on currently Aladdin um, I obviously put my CV in like everybody else and I did interview like everybody else so um, I I got the job from the interview that I did and I have worked for different shows previously yeah. so I had a lot of experience like that um, I guess if you're applying for jobs you you just send your CV out and hope for the best and I kind of think that if you don't hear back it's nothing personal there are a lot of people in that boat mm. and I think you just have to keep trying and keep trying and I've been like that I've had interviews where I didn't get the job and felt really sad and then the next day you're like oh there's another job to go for send your CV out anyway and um Sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't, but you just got to keep going, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you've you've uh, accepted the job. What happens then? How does the ball start rolling? 
So once I've accepted the job, um, I am in touch with my costume supervisor, which is the person who's above me. Um, and they're the people who have all the costume bibles and all the information. And you just start learning the show from them. You tend to, as a head of department, start the fitting process early with them. So you're learning the costumes as they're being fit by the makers that come in. Um, so I tend to write notes down of uh, what they're looking for. So if I fit it later on down the line I kind of have a rough idea but um I tend to work with my costume supervisor and I yeah I just learn the show as it goes I guess so the fittings are you're getting the actors in mm-hmm. measuring them all up and, and yeah. starting to put them into yeah, costumes yeah, but yeah. kind of maybe tweaks need making and and you, yeah. you end up making quite a few changes or the makers make a few changes along the way yeah there's two processes so a brand new show like well like Aladdin we had no costume to pull from so everything was built brand new for that that person so each costume was custom made it was uh, we took measurements of everybody the measurements go to the makers the makers receive the fabrics they make a, uh, a prototype or a twirl and they bring it in and then we refit it on them to get a good base and then they start making it in the real fabric and that happens for pretty much most new shows uh, depending on if it's a costume show or a shop bought show it depends um, and then from that point on um, yeah once all your costumes arrive you make sure they're all labelled correctly put them in the right places and then you start your tech process so talk to us about uh, the tech rehearsals. What's what's it's the long, kind of role really that long. you have? <laughs> yeah. It's long. Um, no, it's fine. It depends how you do it. Um, so the tech process can be quite hard. It's kind of figuring out not only what costumes people are wearing, but you're kind of choreographing backstage as well. You don't want to be stood in the wing in front of any automation. Um, you need to be off the stage if the stage manager needs that space. You've kind of got to make sure you're in the right places. Um, it's just communicating with your team and making sure that you're all comfortable, happy and safe at the end of the day and the costumes going on the characters are the right part. Um, so, yeah, it's quite long. Um, it involves really silly things like, you know, you make mic belts for everybody so the sound department are happy. Right. Um, each person and tends to have like an accessories bag so they can put all their little accessories in and it's kind of just so in terms of like rings earrings yeah yep. things like that maybe like cuffs armbands um sometimes like socks if you need different pair of socks later on um but yeah you kind of do all these things in that tech period as well as tech in the show and then um yeah hopefully you've done that and you've got to open a night and it works out yeah <laughs> yeah and then from opening night it's just maintaining and well, it's yeah. not just maintaining, but it's, you know, then the slog begins of that daily routine. Yeah, so the idea being that we keep it looking as it was designed by the designer. Um, people tweak things and different costumes change. Um, we obviously have down the line if somebody um, needs their costumes altering, because a lot of cast members have been dancing for six weeks, so they might lose a bit of weight, so you've kind of got to take some things in. Um, sometimes you have pregnancies in the building, so you need to make sure you accommodate that as well. So a lot of the job is making sure things fit people as well as making sure that things that are broken are fixed and they mm. look good. And if the designer turns up, it looks good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. What's your kind of favourite part of that whole kind of process? So do you love it like at, at the beginning where you've not seen anything yet and it's all kind of still in your imagination or is it when things settle down a bit or is it yeah. the really busy tech period what? I don't know I like all of it I mean I, I, weirdly I like a tech because you're busy constantly you're not sitting yeah. well you're sitting around at the same time waiting for that scene mm. but you're trying to get it right and the whole point of it is you, you get it right so it looks good on the stage um, but I do like I do like the general running of the department when it happens because you kind of have a bit more of like you kind of know where you are what mm. time you're coming in and um, what jobs you'll probably be doing and um, so, I don't know, I kind of like all the process. 
And the champagne on opening night oh, is... Of course. Yes. Oh, yeah, the press night party. Yeah. Yeah. Choosing your dress for press night party. <laughs> that is the best. <laughs> so can you talk about uh, the roles in your team, uh, the other people that you work with within your department? Yeah, of course. So um, there's a head of department, which is myself, and then I have a deputy. Um, each wardrobe department will have assistants. So on the show I'm on currently, we have three. And then we have the dressers who dress the show every night. So they're in the same place every day, pre-setting the costumes and making sure they're in the right places, they have all the right items. And then most shows have a swing or a number of swings to cover sickness and holiday. So I currently have 18 people in my department, including myself. 18? 18. Wow. It's a big one. Um, it's the biggest department I've run um, but I quite like it I've got a really nice team they all work really hard um, the, the job's done they're, they're really good at their job and uh, yeah it's a big show but it's it's nice to be part of and then in terms of any problems that come up like say after an, a, a, a performance and something needs fixing what's what kind of happens there um, so at the end of the show, anything that's broken comes upstairs to wardrobe and then we come in the next day, we fix it. Um, there are instances in the show, like happened the other day, <laughs> where things completely break on stage and you kind of need to get maybe a second item to the stage as soon as possible because it's a live show, things happen. Yes. Um, we try and fix it as quickly as we can and get it back on stage as quickly as we can. But, you know, sometimes shoe straps break, it's dangerous, we need to fix them. We don't always have doubles of stuff either, so you've only got a limited amount of time. So you kind of sit in there listening to the tannoy, being like, oh my God, I've got two minutes to get this done. And but I can confirm, Laura is so fast around that stage. Thank you, Rory. Oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> so where do I need to be? I'll be like, uh, up stage left, sprinted. <laughs> On it. Unbelievable. Can you just talk quickly about, uh, I think you just you briefly covered it, but about the sort of costume designer and the supervisor and your relationship with them both? Yeah, of course. So the costume designer, you don't always meet. It's really nice to meet them if you are a head of department, but they tend to design the show, relay that, relay that information to your costume supervisor who I liaise with. Um, I have met some costume supervisors and it's great because they give you tips that they're really looking out for. And the good thing about that is if they've got something they don't like and you know then you know you're going to make sure you never do anything like that. So if they were to turn up randomly, they're not going to be upset. But my main um, person that I am um, speaking to most of the time is my costume supervisor. And they tend to order fabrics, buy fabrics and things like that. They get a lot of the costumes delivered. They have a really big job organising how the costume gets to us. Um, heavily involved in cast changes so that everything's changed really for the cast Um when that happens on cast change and then my job is to keep the show looking as they've sent it so as long as I do that they're all happy hopefully can you just talk to us about uh, cast change yeah um, is that something that that period is super busy for you because you're also doing the shows on top of that on top of that as well aren't you yeah that's true so depending on how many costumes you have um, a lot of the time we have dry cleaned costumes previously so everything's clean before we put it on someone else um, we tend to try and fit things as much as we can it can get quite complicated so you could be fitting someone else's costume onto somebody and it might need letting out an inch but you can't let it out at that time you let it out six weeks later right. so you write really intricate details and hope you remember six weeks down the line and take a lot of photographs and then um yeah when cast change comes you spend the whole day sewing so i think on previous cast chains we've had about 12 people 
change. Oh, uh, some costumes come new, so it's not a full set of costumes for everybody, but most of the time you'll start with a huge department of your current department helping so as well as freelancers, and you kind of just crack on and through the day and just hope you get through everything. Um, so <laughs> is this I'm, on a Sunday between... This is on a Sunday. So that's the tight schedule that I'm yeah. always amazed by, is that the current cast will finish on the Saturday night, will, yeah. and then you've got only one day to get mm-hmm. everything sorted before yeah. the new guys come in on Monday. That's true, and we have inc- to dry clean it as well. So Blimey. The dry cleaners, bless them, come at 10.30 at night, they pick everything up and they dry clean everything, they drop it back between 8 and 10 o'clock the next morning. Um, so we know it's all clean and you know the cast are going to be fine the next day. And then, yeah, we literally alter everything and we can't leave the building until everything's done. But oh, we also have all the laundry reset. Yeah. <laughs> um, we tend to paint stuff and refurb stuff as well. Um, and... Yeah, I don't know how we do it, but we do. And most <laughs> most of the shows do it too. Yeah, you know, you've yes. got all the other shows in the West End, they all do the same thing. It's quite incredible. So what are the main differences between working on a, uh, a long-running show uh, like Aladdin and working on like a touring show? Um, so basically, in Aladdin, we have a big core team, so a lot of us can help each other doing all the jobs. The dressers get F- extra shifts, so they can help us maintain the costumes. Whereas if you go to a touring show, you have a lot of smaller... Uh, department so there's probably only going to be four of you doing pretty much everything from the laundry to the painting to the beading and to running the show and also wardrobe tend to dress on a touring show as well so you kind of lose your time looking after the maintainer of the show because you dress at night whereas in a west end show most of the time you're sat refurbing costumes in the evening so they still look good um, so yeah I think that might be the difference and do you have um, you know you were saying about you started in Manchester at the mm-hmm. palace and you know you're working on like Miss Saigon yeah. and, um, and you have local local dressers yeah. as well so how do you how does your department go about teaching them the show oh yeah this is quite hard so it depends on what the show is so if it's huge show so let's choose like Aladdin and, and Lion King for example they're big prop shows and costume shows so you really have to take time rehearsing things so I know on other shows you teach them how to put the costume on beforehand. So we spend an hour going, this is this costume, there are hooks and bars here, um, we tend to add this bit here, this puppet here, and we give them a, quite a lot of information beforehand. So when they do walk off, they've visually seen how you put it on, so they're not completely clueless to the dressing track. So they can read the dressing track as they go, but when they get to that costume, they're like, oh, I've seen this. And so you can split yourselves quite evenly. So can you talk, talk to us about... Um quick changes and uh, I suppose what you do to facilitate quick changes and how quick they can actually be because I know that from watching a performance you can at some point see someone dressed in one thing and within seconds they're dressed in something completely different so yeah, tell me magic. about that this is all thanks to the dressers of the show they do this every night on on numerous shows and um, some shows you have a costume set behind a piece of set with some dressers and some crew behind there and they just do a really quick change and um, the most important thing about a quick change is setting it up correctly. If it's not set up correctly, it's not going to work. And then you miss the quick change and then they miss their cue and everybody gets upset and you kind of <laughs> want to avoid that. So check in all your fastenings where they are because you could be in the dark for a start. You probably need a head torch. Um, and yeah, just making sure it's set up is probably quite important. But a quick change can be quick. Some people think a quick change, is, a minute is a quick change. That's not a quick change. Right. <laughs> a quick change is when somebody literally runs off they tend to underdress something beforehand. So you have a costume on top of a costume. Uh, you probably have to change some shoes, maybe change your hat. Um, 
I guess you can have three or four people around you, one on each shoe, oh, wow. one on each arm. It could be really quick. Like surgery. Yeah, it really or, or a pit stop and fall yeah, one arm sore. It really yeah. is that. It's fast. Um, and yeah, once they're done, you're like, yeah, we did it again. Great. We'll do it again tomorrow. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're fun, though. You kind of get a bit of an adrenaline rush. Like, yeah, I've got to get this right. You, you were saying before that you've uh, done shows internationally. Yeah. I believe Lion King was... Uh, yeah, yeah. So in terms of uh, trying to teach people who speak in a different language, mm-hmm. what are the kind of difficulties there? I guess the translation is quite difficult, but the, the really lovely thing is is everybody wants the show to happen and all the dressers really want to help. You've just got to find that connection. Sometimes no amount of hand movements work I can tell you now um, but you tend if it's really really hard trying to like translate something you tend to have a translator um, and then you really have to hope that they understand what you want because they don't understand the running of the show so you'll be like mm. okay you go to stage left I'll be there in a second and then you watch them translate it and you think I hope they're saying the right thing yeah. and then you're like I've really got to go you come back and hopefully there is stage left you don't know right. um and so it's just a little bit of a longer process. And when you're doing a live show, you don't always have that time to be like, can you tell them this? You kind of just have to physically take them and say, wait here, I'll be back in a minute. Or you kind of show them the costume. And they do kind of figure it out because the dressing notes they have are in their own language. Right. So you have like numbers next to them. So my English copy would say number one stage and left here. And they would have it in their language. Correspond so, to their... Yeah. So when they point to the number, I can read what they're trying to ask without looking down and being like oh my gosh I have yeah, no idea I what they want. <laughs> but um, it's really nice though they all want to do the show and it's, it's fun yeah I've got a bit of a difficult question but what do you yeah. find most rewarding and on the other side what do you find most challenging about being a head of department um, I guess like the most challenging thing is probably with a large department you've got a lot of personalities you kind of need to, to look after and each person has, each people have their own grief I guess so you've got to make sure you understand that um, we're all coming into work in the same building, but some people might need a little bit more attention than others. Um, but it's it's fine. Once you've kind of understood someone and figured out their personality, you can kind of get on with that. But um, I've forgotten the first part of the question. So. Uh, what do you find most rewarding? Oh, yeah, I guess when you go out front and see what you've made. <laughs> Not made. Yeah. See, see what you've kind of completed as a team, because it obviously starts like a bead here and a bit of fabric here. And then you, when you're on stage when you're on stage when you're at the back of the auditorium watching the actors on stage and your dresses are really like everything's perfect you kind of think oh wow as a group we've kind of created that so I guess that's probably yeah that's a lovely that's really lovely it's a nice thing about theatre isn't it because there's so many little departments doing lots of small things that all together kind of culminate in a show and it mm. looks great from the front so yeah I guess and without you'd hope, all... you'd hope. <laughs> you would not always <laughs> but without all departments it wouldn't work would it that's right kind of need them all so I've got a question about um, actors, um, more specifically at drama school. Mm -hmm. What lessons do you think they should be taught about your department, about them wearing the costumes, dealing with, you know, a wardrobe team before they're let out? Oh, gosh, this is a really awkward question. (laughs) Um, I've got so many points. (laughs) It really depends on the people. I don't know. Some things you can find incredibly frustrating. I don't think they realise how much stuff costs sometimes. You know, if a lot of costumes come brand new and you can absolutely see somebody step out them trousers and be standing on them and you're kind of thinking, oh, my God, like, that costs so much money. But I guess you wouldn't know. They wouldn't know. Mm. Um, a lot of things, you know, sometimes helping hanging costumes up, but at the end of the day, that's what the dresses are for. But if you've got a cast 
a 40 or just dropping their stuff on the floor it obviously takes a bit Builds longer up, yeah. um i guess i don't know sometimes some cast members don't know that like we have a laundry room and that we do all the laundry for them so a lot of things that touch the skin we wash every single night so we're like the fairies i guess we kind <laughs> of get it and if we clean, clean it, it and we drop it back off the next day uh-huh. some people might not know that um I guess I don't know. A really good thing that I, I kind of wish a lot of actors knew is just to communicate with us because sometimes, even though they might make an off comment of they might need something, but if they actually came to me, I'd be like, absolutely, yeah, what do you yeah. need? I can totally accommodate you. Or is your foot really sore? I can give you, you know, an insole. Or it might be something that they want, but they don't realise they can get from me. So if they came to tell me, I might actually be able to yeah. give them Yeah, and what then they you wanted. hear it through whispers. Yeah, and know. I kind of think, oh, I'd best go find them in case I can help you with that, I guess. Um, I don't know, actually. There's probably quite a few things, but I guess it depends on each person. Each person's yeah. different. Some people like things done in a certain way that we can't always accommodate. And so I think one thing is if you actually learn how to dress yourself or do your own shoes, you've got to remember there might only be two people looking after 11 people. So that those two people can't do everybody's shoes. So you kind of have to be a bit self-sufficient, I think. That's mm. probably the best one. Figure out where your hooks and bars might be in case that person's not there. Figure out how to get it off quickly just in case someone's not there for your quick change, which has happened on mm. previous shows before. Yeah, sure. And then um, hopefully you don't miss your, your cue and stuff. But yeah. I guess it's also like a mutual respect thing as well. You've oh, got yeah. you know You've got respect for the cast and yeah, you hope that would be... Well, I do always say to my department, I kind of expect my department to treat the cast in a good way and I expect the cast to treat my department in the same way. Because you've not got that much time, you're in quite a close proximity of everybody. You know, some people can get upset sometimes, and you just want to get the show done. You just want to be in the pub, Laura. Yeah. You know, maybe not the pub, but yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a train home. Yeah. <laughs> so, if there's someone that's listening that um, wants to get into the kind of wardrobe mm-hmm. side of theatre, mm-hmm. what advice would you give them? Um, I guess, well, I didn't come from like a, a real sewing background, so it doesn't matter if you don't have that qualification. You really don't need it. A lot of the time you can learn a lot of things on the job. So to be a dresser, think about it. You get dressed yourself in the morning, so you can dress yourself. You can hopefully dress other people. Otherwise. <laughs> um, and then in the sewing aspect of it, um, it's nothing you can't pick up. You know, if you went to a wardrobe department and you were lucky enough to get a dressing job with someone, you could always ask, can you show me how you sew that button on or how would you bead something? And a lot of people have got a lot of time to teach you things, I think. Well, I do, and my mm. team do. Um, but I, um, I've forgotten the question. I'm really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> can I ask you... Uh, <clears throat> on a personal note mm-hmm. about being a mum in theatre oh yeah I am I'm a mum yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I forgot about that he's that called one. Rory <laughs> oh, no. um, how do you find juggling being a head of department and also being a mum as well tiring no yeah I'm sure <laughs> um, my husband works in musical theatre as well and so um, we we both work at night so I actually do have a nanny who looks after mm. us on in the evening for some days. And um, it can be hard because obviously you're up at night or, you know, they need quite a lot of attention and you can't just disregard them because you have a job. So you really have to kind of make sure that you've got the time to spend time with them. I play a lot of games with him and try and spend some time with him so that he doesn't feel like I'm completely ignoring him. But um, a lot of my family help as well. So, you know, he's got aunties and uncles yeah. and spoiling rotten. And, <laughs> and then he comes back to you and he's like, Mum, come on. Yeah. I know, yeah, or the sugar. Yeah, yeah. Sugar, I get him back I'm like what have you done to my child and then they go goodbye have a lovely yeah, evening enjoy. but I think it's really important to kind of know that like just because you've got a kid it's not that you can't work in theatre like yeah. I've actually worked on Aladdin now for three and a half years and Robbie's five and I've I think I've taken one day of child um, 
like compassionate because he broke his arm and so like I've kind of got it covered so I don't think we should be disregarded you know mm. I think it kind of needs to work and people make it work I think it's my choice and you clearly to do, do what as well I'm doing. so yeah. yeah yeah that's lovely <laughs> Um, I think we've we've definitely run out of questions, and I think you should probably get back to work. You know, are you going to try some of these questions on Phil? I'm going to try oh. all of them on. Oh, yeah, already yeah. Have. <laughs> it's got to be the genie, uh, of course, the yeah. genie throw. <laughs> um, Laura, I can't thank you enough. That's okay. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. Wow, that was brilliant. Thank you so much to Laura for taking the time out to, to talk to us. Right, we won't take up any more of your ear time on this, and we will... Sorry, make... <laughs> any more of your what? Ear time? Ear, ear time. You mean air time? Your ears time. <laughs> we won't, we're not going to take any more, any more of your ears time, <laughs> oh, because your ears have time as well. Yes. But to say, please uh, like, subscribe, review the podcast. That would be amazing if you did all of the good uh, reviews and all of the five stars, though. Not I mean. But even if it's, you know, less than that, just stick one on and stick a comment on because, you know, we're always after feedback yes. and improving this service. That's right. And also, we've got a, um, a Twitter page, so head over to Offstage Podcast. Yeah, at Offstage Podcast. Uh, and then you, you'll find us there, and uh, yeah, feel free to drop us a message. Um, anything you know you want to say, or if you want to be part of it, have a question, anything of the above, um, please feel free to send us a message. Yeah, get in touch. And that's it. Yeah, we've got a, uh, another episode, obviously, coming uh, to your ears, hopefully very, very soon. And, uh, yeah, so stay tuned. More, uh, we'll update uh, on Twitter who we've got, because we've got some very special guests really coming, up after ones this. coming up after Yeah. Brilliant. Spencer, thank you so much. Pleasure, as always, Rory. See you for the next one. See you next time. <laughs>